0: Gospel for the first Sunday in Lent comes to us from the Gospel according to Mark, the first chapter, beginning with the ninth verse. Glory to you, O Lord. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth, Galilee, and was baptized in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart, and the Spirit descending like, on, like a dove on him. And the voice of heaven came, You are my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove him into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness for forty days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God, saying, The time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God has come. Repent, believe in the good news, the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, Christ. you may be seated. You shall worship the Lord your God and serve only God. Let us pray. Gracious God, help us, especially during this season of Lent, to return to you, to allow our hearts to really take a hold of you and be able to follow your example set for us in Christ. Help us to resist temptation, to put anything else above you, to be able to worship you, praise you, and serve you alone. Because indeed, you are the author of life, both now and forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, today I want to begin by reading the full Gospel of the Temptation story. We kind of got the cliff notes in the Gospel for today. It's just abbreviated, and to me it doesn't seem to be quite right to start Lent without hearing the whole story of Jesus in the wilderness, tempted by the devil. So I want to read to you from the Gospel of Mark. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit of the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, It is written, Man should not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, and he stood on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels by their hands, that not a, not, you will not strike your foot against stone. And Jesus answered him, It's also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to the very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their splendor. All of this I will give you, if you bow down and worship me. And Jesus said, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. And the devil left him, and the angels came and attended to him. I always think that that's, that's the full story, and to be able to look at what is Lent all about. One thing i just going to, because I already Martin mentioned Martin Luther, one I recommend highly, and it sounds like a professor here talking, but a book called... Uh, Martin Luther's Easter book, and it really is a good resource as you follow the season throughout Lent, especially Holy Week. If you don't have a copy of this, you can get one on Amazon for about (laughs) $1.50, and so it's really worth having. There's also a Christmas book, too, and I always recommend my students, if you're going to read Martin Luther, this is what you should read. Uh, stay away from some of his other stuff. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it just, just gets a little complicated. But this is really worth reading. So just a little advertisement for uh, Martin Luther, especially on his day of entering into God's kingdom. But I wanted to start with this story because we are, we are here how we are confronted with the notion of evil. And how are we tempted to do what's wrong and harmful to God's will? One of my favorite theologians, Paul Tillich, He's very famous, wrote a lot, a lot of books. He was working on a book called, What is Evil? And he worked really hard, and he was getting frustrated because he just couldn't come up with a good way to define what it was. He happened to have his grandson over, who was about seven or eight, and just out for the heck of it, he asked his grandson, well, what, what do you think evil is? And his grandson immediately said, oh, that's easy. It's live spelled backwards. <laughs> think about that. <laughs> And Paul Tillich said he was astounded. How simple and yet so profound that whatever evil is, it works to undo God's gift of life. It works to undo this wonderful gift that Jesus has given us of full and abundant life now and forever. So whatever, however you see evil, it's something that, works against it. And one of the questions of Lent is always, how are we cooperating with the forces of evil? How are we allowing those forces to take control over our lives, over each other's lives? Or how are we promoting life? It's a good time, Lenten season, to ask ourselves, are we cooperating with evil? Jesus makes it clear that the devil, the primary issue at heart here, isn't just i got to do what's right or got to make sure not to sin or all of that no what's at the heart of the issue is idolatry it's worshipping something other than that is god who do you worship who do you serve over and against god and idolatry doesn't mean just falling victim to that which is bad in fact many times it's what we think is good and that's where we come so caught up into it and captivated by it. And we finally find out that we put that first in our lives and put that as the truth of what, what really matters. Well, as most of you know, I one of my heroes is a Lutheran pastor named Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And most of you have been maybe to my Bonhoeffer Festival. And I want to invite you again, April 18th. It's over at Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Claremont. At 12.30 is lunch, 1.30 to 3.30 is the program, and this is going to be the 12th annual Bonhoeffer Festival. And I've always found it very inspiring. For 25 years, I taught a course on Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and I always found that there's more and more and more to learn about his life. In fact, just the other couple of months ago, I went to an a opera a musical. Called Dietrich and Maria. <laughs> and that was real interesting. Um, and I'm working on writing a review for it. But again, there's so many components. He was a spy. He was a counter spy. He, he you know, had this romantic relationship. It's just a, it just it makes for good. In fact, Agent of Grace is a TV program uh, that I recommend watching. It's on PBS or you just go to YouTube and you see Agent of Grace. But anyways, what really made him so, so powerful is that he confronted what he felt was the evil forces of the day, of which, of course, was Hitler. Hitler was trying to make an... And Hitler was seen at the time as someone very positive. He was a great leader. He was, matter of fact, like a messiah. And the slogan, i, <laughs> I don't make it up, that he continued to get it across was, Make Germany Great Again. That was, where the, that was his slogan. I swear to God. <laughs> that was the slogan that he used. And because they were in economic trouble, they were having a real problem... After World War One, to be able to recover, and he and things he promised were wonderful. And the other thing, though, that Bonhoeffer took to finally—it was was the fact that he required complete allegiance, complete loyalty to him, even before God. He started to remove crosses from churches, put swastikas in instead. Bonhoeffer knew that this was not the way of following following God, and of course he also knew that they needed a scapegoat, and so they needed to perhaps, who, who was making Germany not great? Well, he looked at those who are not of German blood, who they thought were taking away good jobs, taking all the money for themselves, essentially the Jews were the ones to blame, and so even though many of them had lived there for thousands of years, he started to say these are the ones who are making Germany bad. And then he saw on offer heard from his brother-in-law who happened to be Jewish descent that they were exterminating Jews. He couldn't believe it until he finally saw some pictures and firsthand accounts. And he tried to speak out. In fact, he actually was on a radio show and they cut him off as soon as he started talking about this. He tried to and but he felt like people end up being brainwashed by all the lies and the propaganda. Too many wanted these immigrants that they were to blame them for everything. Too many were drawn into this notion that the hate was justified. And Hitler seemed to constantly bring home the fact that their country, their country came first. Essentially like a Christian nationalism. And just like Jesus in the wilderness, Dietrich Bonhoeffer returned to God's word. Which makes so clear that we are to follow The God of love, not hate. To care for the welfare of your neighbor. The commandments, can't be any clearer. Love your neighbor as yourself. Do not judge lest you be judged. Be willing to sacrifice your own welfare for another person. This is what God's word does to us. It brings home to us and challenges us to hold on to the truth. The truth sets us free. We found in the temptation story that the devil couldn't stand the truth. Nor can anyone who uses lies to manipulate or have us follow his agenda. As Jesus found out, the truth is again what sets us free from the devil and sets us free from all that which can do harm and destroy life. I always notice Jesus doesn't argue with the devil. He doesn't try to say, you're wrong, da-da-da. All he does is, quote, Scripture. All he does is proclaim the truth loud and clear. This is the truth. This is who God is. This is who we need to be. We need to be able to put God first. In the same way, I guess I hope and pray that as we have temptations to follow and obey uh, loyalty that's beyond what we really need to do, we hold up the truth and ask ourselves, what is God's will in the midst of this. I hope first and foremost that we do be able to, as the old saying goes, unless we learn from history, we're doomed to repeat it. So we need to be able to have this opportunity to listen to Jesus in the wilderness. Jesus tells us, I have come to bring you life. I have come to bring you love. I have come to bring you abundant and everlasting life. And know that it is for all people, all of God's family. So what better way to practice Lent than to be able to practice every day our devotion to God, our discipleship to God, our discipleship to Christ, and to be able to really be able to embrace the truth and be able to proclaim the truth in how we live every day. Thanks be to God that we have the word we have, like Martin Luther said, the word is what is our fo- rock and foundation. Let's always hold on to that. Proclaim it as the truth. Amen. May the peace that passes us all understanding keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. We stand for the hymn of the day. Lord, keep us steadfast.